space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of starship enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, a new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim. Joining me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. And I still hate you. And Dr. Squee. <laughs> and I hope you're blue too. I think that's from the original. Hi, yeah. guys. <laughs> so, well, let's just start off by talking about the punk then. How awesome. I mean... What a great uh, Easter egg. Yeah, absolutely I mean, it, brilliant. <laughs> What I love about it, it's just the right amount that, like, if it was any more bullshit, because let's face it, it's bullshit. The same guy would be on a bus, blah, blah, blah. All bullshit, but I don't give a shit. It's perfect fan service. No, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's just a fun moment. If you don't know, you don't have to know. Perfect. Yeah. And it just yeah, if got... You if you didn't get it, it do not matter. No. It, but it just got better and better. Like, as soon as you heard the music... I was like, oh, that sounds like the original, but the lyrics are different. And then you see the guy and you're like, oh, this is even better. And then she tells him to shut up and you're like, oh, see what they're doing. And then he feels his neck and you're like, oh, my God. And then he shuts up and you're oh, just perfect. It's but the way he delivers the lines well. Oh, right, I'm sorry. Okay, that was rude of me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like the song is all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's obviously been a victim of time travel in the past. <laughs> but not necessarily um, from the voyage home. No, we were. Me and Elliot were talking about this earlier on in the week because obviously we're go, we're going to get into this in this episode. Because should we well, should we address the elephant in the room straight? Let, let's do it. Well, first of all, for anyone who's from that introduction has not got that we're talking about um, Picard season two episode four Watcher. That's what we're talking about. And yeah, let's deal with the elephant in the room because there's been a lot of online discourse about this. Everybody's talking about, well, why doesn't Guinan remember Picard? And the, we we have had the answer from the showrunners, which we're going to talk about in a second. Unfortunately, the answer from the showrunners slightly contradicts that brilliant scene with the punk, unless you have an explanation, which me and Elliot have come up with. So we're going to... Yeah. Oh, so I get it. So yeah, so the... The exclamation which Elliot uh, put my way when I asked about it doesn't make sense if the punk remembers. Yes, because the other. Yes. Ah, I've, I've got a, I've got a, um, a, a pitch for that. But, but go on, Elliot sure. was the so, one. Who kind Elliot, of like, uh, first of all, yeah. why doesn't Picard remember? Uh, get why doesn't Guinan remember Picard, Elliot? Because the events of Times Arrow didn't happen because they've come back from a future, if a, a changed future where there wasn't a federation, so they never went on the Mercy mission mm -hmm. to, for the events of Times Arrow to happen where they went back in time and he'd meet Gaiden. Which is perfect. And for anyone who was like me a little bit slow, just to spell it out, that means if that future doesn't happen, that past where she meets Picard doesn't happen either. So yeah, it affects yeah. the past as well as the future. That's why the past can be changed as well as the future, which it usually wouldn't be. Even though we're before the point of divergence, because they've not fixed it yet... It's yes. So we're happy with that. However, that creates the problem of why does the punk act like he met Spock? And me and Elliot think we've got an answer. So Elliot, why yeah. does the punk feel his neck? So what we think back in 1986, yeah. we still had oh, this Kirk still went back to the past because the whale probe event still happened. Yeah. They still needed to bring some whales forward. But it didn't have Spock with him because the Confederacy never joined up with the Vulcans. It was just like really hard uh, humans. So the punk holds his neck because he's been a victim of some Kirk foo. Yeah. And that's why he remembers pain from it. See, that's not, not bad. And not a, and not a gentle uh, Vulcan neck pinch that just knocks you out. Yeah. My other pitch would be, just a slight tweak on that, it kind of goes along the same lines, because I was thinking the, the Empire and, you know, the evil timeline and all that. But my pitch is this, because the Federation, the Confederation, I don't think would care that much about science as much as the Federation does. So I'm going to pitch that it was actually Spock which went back, but Spock's had his kind of, 
either it's either one of two things. Either Spock's had his come to Jesus moment a bit similar to Mirror Mirror, or you've got evil Spock. How much would he have fucked him up? No wow. wonder he's feeling his neck. He's going, for Christ's sake, the guy nearly killed. It was a wonder by medical science yeah, but... that I survived what he did to me. I don't think it'd be Spock because if you've got the Confederacy that's already out there attacking all the other alien worlds. And yeah, that, they'd probably. Why would the Vulcan want to go back to save the humans? Yeah, uh, but you see, I think they, they, they weren't going back to save the humans. They just realized through their scientific research, which the Confederation, as I say, I'm kind of picturing them a bit like the Dark Timeline. They don't care as much about science and that kind of thing. They're just about murder weapons. I'm, I'm going to guess that. Uh, the Vulcans did care, and they were able to track what the source of the signal was, much like Spock did, or Spock himself. Yeah. And that's why they sent someone back to Earth, even though they don't care about humans necessarily. They just wanted the whales. Maybe, but then if... An evil Spock fucked him up. But if there was an evil empire, and suddenly this whale probe turns up to destroy their home world, you'd be like, you know what, let them get on with it. Uh, yeah. But if it's... Wasn't it ripping you through the universe, destroying others? No, no. it just went after Earth. No, it just went straight oh, to Earth. It destroyed it, a few others. It, no, no. It, um, it, it... Sort of any ship that got yeah. close was disrupted. But it didn't power it, for a time, but... Again, though, I would pitch that the Vulcans would be savvy enough to go and say... Maybe they, they would. Messing them up, what if they come for us next? I'm going yeah, with I'll, General Kirk, went back in time, and they it, pro he probably didn't do any of this, you know, we win the whale person and taking them nicely. He probably just went and blew up the ocean and stole the whales, but... Um, yeah, he got on the time bus, to Kirk his Fu was punk. carrying on, and he was a victim of a bit of Kirk Fu, and that's why he's holding his neck back, like as if he's been in pain. I'll accept it, as long as Chekhov, when he was caught in the Alameda base, said, nuclear weapons, bitch, and shot someone. Probably. As long as that happened... Oh, it'll have been oh, absolutely vicious. That'll have just been a raid on that base to get the the nuclear yeah. vessels. They'll just gone down, phases yeah. blaring, killed everybody. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm liking it still. So that's where we're going. Anyway, now yeah. we've addressed that, then we can talk about the rest of the episode now. I mean, it's getting a little bit boring, isn't it? Every week we're having an awesome episode of Picard and we're just like, I was going to yeah, say, if you're brilliant. saying this episode is boring, then I'm... No, no, I'm sorry, no, I'm, sorry. I'm just, just saying that... that you know, it, as uh, as critics, it don't give us a lot to work with, does it? You I, know have what I, mean? I have a couple just of going... problems with this episode. Okay, well, I've, I've got, got one. I've got one right off the gate, and it's it's nothing to do with the episode, and it's something that um, New Trek has been quite bad with: is giving stuff away either in the recap or in the credits. And the recap showed the scene with Laris and Picard, and I thought, hang on, why have they dropped that in the recap unless yeah. Laris is going to be in this episode? And it's it probably only it's probably only if you watch a lot of TV and you pick up on things like this, but when they do a recap and they show a bit with a character we haven't seen in a while, that is shorthand for this character's coming back, so you've got to remember who it is. And I think that detracted a bit from the end, but that's presumably an editor's decision somewhere, not the people who've written this episode. It's it's just yeah. unfortunate. See, I, I didn't really spot that. I just assumed they were going to reference something they talked about. But, yeah. No, just... It, yeah, it, I can see. It, it, my bells yeah, went off. Yeah, they've done it a couple just, of times. Yeah, like, she's they did it when, we got, when Seven of Nine came in at the end of in season one, mm. which was in right at the end of the episode. They had a name in the titles that week. Yeah, and they did it with Riker in the season yeah. finale as well. Because um, yeah. we, we started fast-forwarding the credits in season one once we picked up on the fact that they were doing this. Because well, I don't want it spoiling. Yeah, don't want... I mean, if you didn't want season one spoiled, you should have just FF through it. Yeah, very time. good. See, now, <laughs> I mean, season one had some good stuff, but ultimately it was... Very disjointed. Yeah, it, it was it was a tight hour crammed into what ten episodes? Mm, how many it was? Maybe so. Um, yes. So this episode, then again, we're picking up right where we left off. It's got such a sense of momentum this season, but it doesn't feel like we're dragging it out. You know, yeah. like I know one of our big complaints about Discovery was well, they took forever to get from point A to point B. Whereas this, we're not actually moving that. Far, but we're packing so much incident into the episode that it doesn't matter that this episode yeah, only covers a couple of hours. Yeah, that, you know? Well, that's what the problem with Discovery was. Like, it, it was maybe drawing out its story to 
the season length, but it had no filler in the episodes exactly. that it was dragging out. And they, you know, this is just the the momentum's incredible. Like, yeah, you know, we we pick up straight away with Seven and Rafi looking for Rios, and there's the stuff about the ice and everyone have detained him. Now, shall we take this opportunity to talk about the other big elephant in the room, which is the utterly, utterly baffling response to this episode from the more right wing yeah, element, yeah, tag me shall in. we say? Tag me in. I, I couldn't wait to talk about this because, first of all, I'm sick and tired of this uh, left wing in Star Trek. I mean, first of all, you see the Borg in this series. What are they in? They're in a giant snowflake. Doesn't that tell you something? No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to go on that particular <coughs> rant. Although, actually, by the way, while we're talking about that, why a kind of snowflake design? It's like, A, if it's to piss off the right wingers, I'm fine with that. But the Borg always liked the fact they had practical, like behind me, the, the square ship and the round ship, and it was all kind of very practical shapes. It's no aesthetics. Anyway, I, I don't want to be cynical, but to sell more toys. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, at least a triangle would have been more practical. I just like the fact the Borg were always like, no, this is a big shape in, in space. Nothing pretty about it. That seemed very boring mm. to me. That's another, that's another thing. Um, do, I just did think about the snowflake thing when I was watching this and it made me laugh. So anyway, that's that, that's that joke. If that's on purpose, um, that's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. But when they get into this, I don't know what the argument is. Because A, Star Trek has always uh, pushed an agenda of being progressive towards race and all this. Mm -hmm. B, the stuff which they're talking about with ice isn't, nothing's made up. Nothing's fictional. If you think that's a good thing that they do that, what's your problem? Like, obviously they're painting in bad light, but from stuff they do, it's not like painting in bad light by making stuff up. If you think it's wrong what they're showing and you don't like it, it's what's happening. Well, yeah, but their argument, the the argument I've seen multiple times over this last week online is they're portraying ICE as bad people and it's not accurate. And it's like, one, it's meant to be two years in the future, so it could have got worse. But what they're portraying here is not far removed, if at all, from what's happening. And if you don't think that's happening, you need to be paying more attention I mean, this was basically. Oh, sorry. I, don't, I am going to get into the politics a little bit, just for a but second. But it's not lots avoidable. Of, lots of laws which Trump brought in, which um, Biden hasn't done anything to get rid of, are this. They they just are this. Again, if you believe that's the right thing, you can't shy away, shy away when it's shown. And again, Star Trek has always shown inequality amongst races mm-hmm. and stuff. Absolutely. And I know we'll get into it a bit, but, but when Guinan speaks about it, brilliant. Yes, someone who has experienced being on Earth, because like, I know the argument will be, it's like, oh, well, she's an alien. She's not actually black. It's like, no, she's lived on a planet where she is black and she's treated as if a black person would be on this planet yeah. in this time. That's what experience is from. You can say she's an alien all you want, but if you've experienced a, a species through how they treat someone who happens to have the same skin hue as you, that is your experience then. Yeah, and absolutely. It's, bullshit. it's bullshit, any argument against Let's this. not forget as well, Guinan, unless there's a period where she moved, she's been on the earth at this point for a few hundred years, so she's experienced yeah, worse than this, far, far worse yeah. than this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's no argument to be made there. Um, as I said, the... The argument they're making seems to be this is an inaccurate portrayal, which, one, it's not. Um, two, like you say, Squeak, if if you're in support of regimes that do this sort of thing, then it shouldn't upset you to see it being portrayed. And my only sort of level of understanding I can get to and only way I can try and fathom out how this mindset comes about is that they just don't like being reminded of the things they are supporting, you know? Yeah, they don't like being reminded (laughs) that they're actually nasty, horrible people. You want to live in a bubble and pretend that voting for Trump doesn't cause shit like this, but I'm sorry, but it does. Well, they they want a scene where you show all the... uh, Anyone who isn't white, basically, they want a scene where you show them just being, in the words of Trump rapists and murderers because they're not sending us their best people. Mm. They want to show that, show them in the worst possible light and then show the ice doing this so then they can go, see, it's justified. Which even if they were, the way they handle people, it is like it's two wrongs making a right kind of thing. 
Yeah. It's just bullshit. I mean, if anything, we're not showing kids screaming in cages because they're being separated from the parents here. You know, they could have gone a lot harder on this. Yeah. 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 And they haven't. So, you know, let's um, also, if you want to live in your little bubble and pretend it's all not real, you can pretend that this is purely a Star Trek thing because we've already established the canon that this is what's going on in past tense. However, when they did it in DS9 in past tense, it was a warning of this is what could happen if our worst impulses get borne out. However, we're there now. And yeah, all this, this is, is only, doing... Yeah. This is only two years in the future. Yeah. And that's the scary thing. It's very close. So Between they... a Star Trek uh, in Deep Space Nine, where they showed a bit in the future, to when it becomes now, it, it's scary how it much scary. came to pass that they predicted. Yeah. And it's like, like we always talk about all the uh, inventions which came about because of Star Trek, like communicators, the flip phone. That That's directly, literally made that happen. And we don't, unfortunately, oh, sorry, fortunately, we haven't previously had to look at the fact that dark predictions by Star Trek come to pass, whereas the whole idea is it's meant to be a hopeful thing. Mm. And I love kind of, they even put a line in for Picard in this episode going, uh, progress doesn't uh, usually happen at the speed we would like it to. Yeah. Or he puts it much more eloquently. Yeah. I thought it was a brilliant line. It kind of speaks to our um, great shame at this yeah, come to pass. Absolutely. And that's it. It... It was a warning when Past Tense did it. It's just a reflection of the times now. And if you don't believe that, fair enough. You need to, like, appraise yourself of what's going on in the world a little bit more. And it's not difficult. Just come away from Fox News for a minute and look at what's going on in the real world. Um, I also throw out, just because in that scene with Reyes in the prison as well, it does speak a bit to this, but again, it's just a classic, great example of season two, how they flesh him out a lot better. I really love the bit where she goes like, uh, oh, I'm just someone who doesn't know when to stop or whatever, and she get, he goes, where I come from, you'd be called a hero. Little lines like that, yeah. I think, make him just such a more interesting, yeah. more rounded character. They just wanted to show him being a rogue in the first series, but they didn't show, for me, enough why I cared about him. Here he is just yeah. a lovely guy who is also a bit of a rogue. That's fine. Rogue isn't a complete character, though. You've got to have something behind it no. where you give a shit about this uh, guy. They're actually building the characters up. They're so making you like the characters this season. Yeah, and much yeah. more. rooting for the characters. Yeah. And so we go to Chateau Picard now, and there's some great... Well, there's little... a part before this, and I have a big problem with Go on, then. And it's... If just before they go to the chateau, mm -hmm. and Picard goes, Oh, it's not a problem. Um, Confederation ships seem to have an upgrade. They've got a cloaking device, and it just goes, Computer engage cloaking device. Yeah, no problem. They can't power the sick bay, they can't so... power the communicators. <laughs> they struggle to beam out once. Elnor's dead because they didn't have enough power to. Power a bio bed, and now suddenly they can turn on the clocking device, no problem. That's very, it's been established, it takes a lot of power. That's a very good point because the cloaking device on a separate fuse that's what you're not getting. Yeah, like the, the holodecks on Voyager always were, but yeah, considering <laughs> a major. There's only two things that I've got a prob big problems with in this episode of how they're done, and one's that they've turned on the cloaking device if it's no problem. If it's got that much power, why couldn't they draw power from the cloaking device to everything else they yeah. actually need? And, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I think you, you've got us there because it, a driving force of this episode is we need to get the transporters to work. And yeah. We yeah. need the communicators to work. We can't. We haven't got enough power for long-range communication. And also, Maybe. Elnor's Maybe. dead because we couldn't power a bio bed. Maybe they thought the cloak was such a necessity to protect the timeline. It's the best I've got. Yeah. No, it, it's just, it's, um, it, it just wasn't right that they could turn on the cloaking device in my mind. No, yeah, you can't really argue with that. Um, yeah. So Chateau Picard then, we get a nice little thing where he talks about how the Picards moved out and went to England, which explains why Picard's got an English accent. Yeah. So, Brilliant. Yeah, yeah okay. lovely. 
Um, what we also get is he may... I don't know if this is going to come into play. Oh, no. Sorry, just, just on that point. He does also mention caretakers who come in from time to time. They're not doing a fucking good job. That looked dusty as hell. Like, no, if caretakers are meant to be coming in. Yeah, just that's... saying, you might want to get someone new. Fire that. that yeah, that's a very good point. You've had over 100 years to clean... Well, just under 100 years to clean up years. after the Second World War. So, you know... Uh, but they do make reference to the Nazis occupying it and there being tunnels below. So I don't know if this is going to come into play, but I would really like it if I did. Let's have Rambo 5 down in the tunnels for <laughs> at least one episode. Come on. They do love layering stuff in this because, like, um, again, sorry, I know we're going to go on to Gun in a bit, but even the fact that Guinan laid in a line when... She was in the future with Picard, or present, whatever we we're calling it. Uh, she goes about, like, de-aging and stuff. Like, she can look older and younger, which perfectly mm-hmm. fits in with... So for anyone who's going, ah, yeah, but in Time's Arrow, she was older. So even if they don't go back, then, no, she can look younger if she wants to. Yeah, yeah. Boom. That's it. No, it's, yeah, very cleverly done. They're so good um, at layering any of these little lines in to make things yeah. fit nicely. We, we get another flashback to Picard and his mum and she's helping him overcome fear. We This is just sort of trickling along. We're not getting a lot of it. I presume we're building well, to some like, sort of... It, it looks like his mother's abused by his dad. That's the way it looks, yeah. Because you do get a very, very quick, literally, one-frame flash as if she's been sort of shaken or... Yes, you do. And we got something similar in the first episode. So it does look like we're going to do something there at some point. But at the yeah. minute, they're playing it very slowly, which is fine. Can I just give a quick shout-out? Because they uh, the, the record which he plays is Edith Piaf, Nora Grasse-Vian. Mm-hmm. And um, my dad was a big fan of Edith Piaf. It's the only celebrity which i know for a fact that he had a crush on all right he had all the records and stuff and like i forget if it was him or mum who mentioned this and just that wasn't my dad at all to talk about that sort of thing so when i had that it did just uh bring a little tear to my eye i thought it was very sweet just yeah i mean obviously they didn't put in for me or my dad but it was just a nice touch no it's always nice when stuff like that strikes a card absolutely Um, Giratian and number 15s and you know we get this oh you've picked up the 15th thing and blah 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 and they assume okay so it means the the time change is going to happen on the 15th I'm not convinced I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's more to this to come later on and there's a revelation oh my god 15 actually meant such it's and the such. number of pips he's got in his collar it's a very wide collar <laughs> It's also. I'm, I'm quite. I'm quite happy that, that, reference for you there. I'm actually quite uh, happy that they've tied it down. That it's on. It's going to be over in three days. No, I, I feel like they have for now. But all I, I'm just putting the marker up that if there is a twist further down the line, oh my god, fifteen actually meant fifteen this hours instead. Run. <laughs> yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if it's got another meaning to come. And then or maybe a street name or something. By the way, Jurati. Can she stop calling Picard Mister? It was cute to begin I with. Quite like very annoying. That. Oh, I, I think it's really... nice. Yeah, in a way. I don't mind her doing that. She's making it quite clear that she's not federate, Federation, and she's sort of calling him that as a mark of affection, and he's oh, taking it's just it a that bit way. I don't mind it. I did oh, like. Enough, just I did like though when it was being deductive. She said, "Look at you, Dixon Hill." Which <laughs> yeah, that was a. <laughs> but you see, what's great about that is. It shows that Dixon Hill has got into the popular consciousness to the same extent as something like Sherlock Holmes. You know, it's dropped as if yeah. as if it's just a general what you would say to someone who's being clever, like good thinking Batman or whatever. And I just like it. And obviously there's a deeper oh. meaning if you know Picard's history with Dixon Hill, but just a lovely, just a lovely little throwaway line. Yeah. It takes it from just something that he referenced to everyone knowing it, and yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just great, gorgeous. just great, great, great writing. Um, the Borg Queen and Girati, there's still a dynamic going on there. She says Girati can be cruel, and that she, they've both felt a connection and everything. So obviously, there's more to come. They sort of almost strike a bit of a Faustian pact by the end of the episode. So. Can I just ask opinions? Like, what, what, how are you guys feeling about this version of the Borg Queen? I've got to say, it's, it's, I mean, it's fine. It's, I don't dislike it. 
but it seems more of a function than something I'm excited mm. about, like in the episodes. Yeah. And um, I think it's a, it's a very unique take on it, isn't it? That's just the only Borg left, though. Yeah, I like and, that idea. And, and you're right, it says that you've, you've, I, I'm making you think slow to communicate with me. Yeah, I'm... She, she's not... She's not operating like normal. I'm enjoying the character and I'm enjoying the way she's been used in the story. It, the makeup just doesn't seem quite right. I know that it's a different actress and everything. She's not slimy enough. You know, it, yeah. I don't know, just aesthetically, there's something about it that it, it doesn't look quite as convincing as the other Borg Queens, which I know is a weird thing to say when the Borg Queen is such a fantastical creation anyway, but a bit like just, how in Discovery, like the Andorians, not the Andorians, the Orions didn't quite look right with the colour of the makeup. And, yeah, they look too blue. Yeah. Um, too blue and glossy. Yeah, so it's, uh, maybe it's just that. I don't know. It, I, there's just something that that's the only issue I have is just the the look just seems a little bit off to me. I mean, for me, first contact like Alice Krug, Krug, Krieger, yeah. I think Krieger. Uh, however you pronounce her name, uh, wonderful. I really kind of like so memorable from that from that film in Voyager. Yeah, some very memorable moments. This version is just like again more an, an engine for a story than the character I'm next. Yeah, when I see, it. Like, I don't go. Oh, I she's on screen! Yay! I think there's going to be... I still think there's going to be a big twist with the Borg Queen. Oh, I think yeah. she's going to step into the limelight as the season goes on. You know, she's not there by accident, so... Yeah. At, the moment, she's, at the moment, she's still... Sort of, Gerard is cutting her off from ship system, so she can't power her up. She, so she's keeping her on low power, and... Yeah. She can't, she can't get around her or anything. She's just stuck there she's at the moment. She's maybe playing the long game, like she's... She's setting up her pieces on the board. I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's like when she said the... Oh, God, I'm going to forget it now. But she said, like, something was an anagram for something else. Gerardi calls her on it. She goes, oh, it's poetry, though. No, that's just dumb. No, you're poor. <laughs> well, I you should be able like, to do an anagram. I quite like that, that it's poetry. I don't know. Is, is it poetry, though? It just seems like a... a no, I, I quite work. liked it where she called it. Because she, she's obviously drawing on the fact that She's got the knowledge of thousands of species. Mm. And some species probably do think like that when they do. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, it... no, again, I'm not, I'm never bothered when she's on screen. I'm just not that excited. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. She's one of yeah. the, the lesser elements, I suppose, so far. But I do feel like the, there's more to come. The, they've got her yeah. there for more than just yeah, to make them they, go forward and backwards exactly. in time and yeah, make could, a transporter work they could have found when a, she isn't hooked into the ceiling fan it will be a bit yeah, more dynamic they could have found a plot device to get them back to the past yeah. without it being a Borg Queen so there's definitely yeah, something there's a lot more to come with it and I have faith in this season yeah oh me too it yeah, seems too. really really well planned out so should we talk we, about we have to pick apart on something Jim, as Jim yeah. said it's just too good true <laughs> should we talk about Gainan then, young Gainan. Um, yeah. First Pick of all... Yeah. This is my second gripe with the episode. Go on. That he beams into forward lane again mm -hmm. and she's at number 10. And that's a bar in the past. I don't like the idea that 10 forward on the Enterprise was named after a old bar in San Francisco. Well, yeah, I like to think... I like to think that a bar in the future when he went to visit her She'd opened, she'd found a place on Forward Lane and called it ten, number 10 mm. because she, because of serving bar at 10 Forward. I mean, maybe. And I think it's just, I think it was a little bit cheesy that she had the, that the street and the bar was called the same thing in the past. I mean, maybe when she was coming on board the Enterprise D, Picard said, where do you want to put the bar? And she was like, oh, deck 10 <laughs> Forward's free. That, that's appropriate yeah you see that's that's the way i saw it i, it, I didn't yeah. bump into it i just thought i just thought it was a little bit it's cheesy. a little bit convenient yeah, yeah. I, i'll take your point i thought it was a bit cheesy that one i didn't I, like some things are easter eggs and i just thought no that was cheesy and i mean it's work. a mechanic it so that you can work. find it it didn't work for me okay yeah. i mean so for me, it's a mechanic so he can find it and they don't have to explain why you can yeah, find it, it even if it goes in a different location. 
yeah, it works yeah. on that level. But yeah, it is a bit convenient. Yes, like like you say, when you see it in the future, you're like, oh, she's picked that place because that's where she used to work on the because Enterprise. Forward, yeah, and it makes sense. Um, but yeah, so throwing something here because just just like. Uh, Another great example of my worlds colliding in one episode. I am a huge fan of a podcast called Tell Me Steve Dave uh, and also Impractical Jokers, which I know because of Tell Me Steve Dave. And the one connective tissue between those two things is Brian Q. Quinn, who guest appears in this episode oh, see the guy takes the dog. Takes the dog, right. <laughs> He's one of the Impractical Jokers. I was so chuffed. It was just, oh, it's like, look, I don't know how to do this, say this without, like, it's, it's not meant in any weird way, but it's like, it was the one of the few moments in a long time where I was like, damn, it, I wish Nicola was here to mention this too. Like, <laughs> since we've broken up, you know, you, you move past things. But like when that moment happened, because we met through our love of telling Steve Dave, I was like, oh, that's like, this would happen now. Like if this yeah, happened a couple yeah. of months ago, I would have had someone to really share this moment with. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, so I just wanted to throw that no, in. It's just a yeah, I, I mean, I read about that this was a cameo, but I don't know the guy, but... Um... While we're talking about the dogs, then, are we assuming this is one of Patrick Stewart's rescue yes. pit bulls? It yeah, must be. I think it is one of his dogs. Yeah, and what a lovely dog as well. I mean, <laughs> I know, like, I love the way Picard's fussing her and everything. Anyway, I'm a dog person. I enjoy it when a dog's on screen. I was going to say, I'm not oh. much of a dog person. I've only got three of them. Yeah. What's everyone's thoughts on Gaian being recast? I think... It's probably the practical solution. You don't want to be CGI. I don't have a problem with it. Like, I know we have the aging technology for stuff, but I think for it's... the amount of time she was in it, if they tried to de age Whoopi Goldberg for this, I, I think it'd have looked stupid. It's, it's not good oh. enough. The the no. technology on the TV budget. I mean, even look at look at the Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett. They've got they've got Disney money. And yeah. they can't get it perfect on an, for TV. I really like the one. And I think it's two. good, but it's not. It's good, but it's not. Per, it's still. It's good, but it's, it's not still right. There. <laughs> I, I I quite like that, but it, but I you know, know it's like, not going to spend that I think money. How how it looks on screen in this. They made the right choice for casting so. guy. I mean, well, to though, they didn't need to even do that because they already again they already laid it in. That uh, Guinan can make yeah, they could have, or younger. They could have done so you could have just had old Guinan there. However, I didn't bump into her. I thought it was really cool, really good actress. That's the thing. Yeah, I like... had to have someone who was a stone cold great actress, and she she matched she Whoopi it. Goldberg, and that's yeah. the role. First of all, like you hear her before you see her, and when yeah. you hear her, it could be Whoopi Goldberg. Like she's got the infliction, the vocals, absolutely spot on. But it's perfectly I, the kind of Chris Pine, like Chris Pine, yeah. he was doing a version of Kirk, not doing Shatner. But, she's doing a version of Guinan, not doing Whoopi Goldberg, but she's got enough of it. I feel there. like because we're seeing Guinan in a, a much worse place in terms of her her mental attitude at the time, like here we're seeing a really despondent Guinan who's, who's angry and upset and disappointed. And I think that edge that she brought to the performance was brilliant. You know, we've, we've not seen Guinan like this before, and it was great to see it. Yeah. The only time it's approached it is the interactions she's had with Q, where she's just turned on a dime and all of a sudden becomes this quite scary person who's fending off Q. And to to get that a different element to Guinan, I thought, was, was really, really good. And like you say, she, the actress was fantastic. Um, I also think just to just throw in on that as well, the um, for me it also gave a perfect moment for Patrick Stewart. Like uh, again, his, his acting was really good in the first series, even though I wasn't such a fan of it. But just the way it's written in the second series, I feel more like it's the same Captain Picard we knew, or Admiral Picard, or whatever rank he is. And it's just the first series. I was really looking for him doing his Picard voice. And okay, his voice has changed over the years and stuff, but I was looking for him to do this really Picard-like voice. But he didn't do the voice, and the character didn't quite nail it for me either. So I just felt so removed from Picard. Here, he didn't need the voice for me to know that it was Picard. Because no. just the eloquence of, as I say, when he talks about, you know, uh, progress doesn't happen at the rate we wanted to. And when he talks about these beautiful ideas... There was Picard, you know, yeah. and it was just and you get this so sense from him of 
if Guinan of all people, like someone who he thinks that fondly of, if if even she can be so disheartened by what's going on, it you yeah. can see how much sadness that brings him. And you'd feel like she gave him that mission, really. Like she gave him he was so po faced when he was younger. And she gave him that kind of hopeful side. I mm. feel like she led into that side of him. And then for him to give it back to her is just a beautiful... Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And I like this introduction they do of when he parrots the words back and you get this idea of time sickness. Yeah. And th Perfect. that ties into what's going on with Guinan in yesterday's Enterprise, really. I mean, it's not yeah. called time sickness, but she knows something's not right. And... So, you know, the, this isn't unprecedented for Elorians, so I really like all of that stuff. Guinan says, and this is another bit that I think's upset the the right wing, but what she says, none of this is a lie. She says, the truth is whatever you want it to be. Facts aren't facts anymore. Rich people could fix everything, but they're too scared of having less. And it that is absolutely true. I'm sorry yeah. if if you don't think it is then I don't know. You need Well look at the figures on wealth inequality, how it's grown over the years mm -hmm. so vastly. <laughs> it doesn't take an economist to well actually okay it does because that's where I got the figures from. But yeah. it does take an economist to do to, to work this out. But it is so apparent from that that this is true. Well, yeah, again, like, it's just fact. Like our um our, mine and Elliot's local MP uh put a thing up recently that if we if we imposed a 10% tax on everyone in the UK who had over 100 million, we would raise 87 billion to put into whatever. So all these people, you instead of having 100 million, you could have 90 million and it yeah. would solve so many problems in the world, but we're not going to do it. And um, for me also, it, it's the whole thing of, there used to be a genuine argument, and I actually subscribed to it for a, for a long time about like there should be balance. Like, you know, you should uh, <laughs> look to the left wing and the right wing argument, and that's absolutely fine. That was fine for a while until you get to the point of when do you call Hitler Hitler? Yeah. When do you call Trump and his policies evil when he was oh. locking away children, when he was doing this, that, and the mm -hmm. other? And again, I will even throw Biden under that bus because he has done nothing to reverse it no, and make no. the situation that's better. The reality is that we live in a capitalist society. And capitalism, its own philosophy is unsustainable eventually. But yeah. it will collapse because you can't just have the riches keep getting richer and like do a 99.9% .9 in poverty because at some point there will be an uprising against it. Yeah, I mean, we've literally it, got, we've got Putin attacking the Ukraine at the moment. That could have so easily been Trump you know, mm. declaring war on somewhere or, yeah. or declaring war, war on half his own people. Like, that was so within sight of happening. So Absolutely. I don't think it's a left-wing, right-wing thing anymore. It's just evil is evil. No, that that's it, absolutely. Wrong it's, wrong. It, it's right and wrong. And, you know, it, wherever you put yourself on the political spectrum, it, you should be able to see that the things Guinan's talking about there, the things that are being portrayed with the ice and everything in this, are wrong. And Star Trek has always been on the side of what's right, not right wing. What what's right, what's yeah. correct. And if that's a shock to you, then I don't know what you've been watching for the last fifty five years. But like, the, I've seen a lot of people say, "Oh, it's gone woke now." Star Trek has always been woke. Star Trek was yeah. woke before woke was a word. Yeah. And that's yeah, uh, a lot of its appeal, you know. And and then you had the right wingers go inside, oh, gay kiss. Although, sorry, not gay kiss, sorry, a, a interracial kiss on, on TV. My God, no, and clutching their pearls and refusing to watch Star Trek and canceling their subscription and even networks taking it down, refusing to watch sorry, the episode. We've been through this particular little fucking dance before. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, I'll take the next waltz. I'm happy to do it. To Just, be fair, um, though, I mean, apart from the fact that it had 
the interracial kissing Plato's stepchildren. It is not a good episode. <laughs> you know, season I'm three going of for the, the issue on this one. Season three of the original series was not great. It was cancelled for a lot of reasons. Anyway. <laughs> Isn't that the one where um, Chekhov ends up doing little dance? Little well? dance. Yeah, it's it is not not good. But anyway. Okay, we're not saying that Star Trek hasn't done its own evils, but not on that scale. Not on that scale, no, very true. So, um, that's Picard and Guinan. Let's get to the car chases. So, Raffi and Seven, their storyline's just great. I love how extremely subtly, like we set up in episode one, their relationship isn't perfect. Raffi wants to maybe be a bit closer, but Seven's away and doing things, and there's a bit of a communication barrier, but... Instead of sitting them down and going, let's talk about our relationship for 20 minutes, we're putting them in action sequences and having them doing things, and we're gradually seeing the relationship get stronger as they're doing all these things without being told, oh, look, we've resolved our relationship problems. It's just great writing. (laughs) Yeah, it's the way people don't argue all the time. You have Rafi losing a temper and and seven of nine being the centre. In the calm one. Yeah. <laughs> and let's face it, when we have an argument with our loved ones, we don't always say what's on the surface. We sometimes just no. argue about their driving or something when what we really mean is that thing you did earlier really pissed me off. This is a perfect example of how you don't listen to me when you're driving. But it's not about the driving, and that's what makes it so much so real. Yeah. You. And stuff like when she breaks into the car and she disintegrates the window, and then she's like, well, couldn't you have just turned it on? Ah, that was much more fun. Yeah. yeah, like, why have you got a phaser? What? How did that get here? Yeah. <laughs> and I love it when she's about to ch- ch- turn the tables on her. It's like, oh, so you can drive a starship, but you can't drive a... <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> again, headcanon, but Tom Paris were really into his 20th century cars. He, he's probably... Yeah. That's how she's probably learned to drive. Yeah, he's probably taught them all how to drive on holodeck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then he tried to get fresh with her and she slapped him. Yeah. Because it's Paris. Oh, I thought that was an Oscars joke. Never mind. Oh, no, no, no. Although, geez, say what you like about, um, you know, Will Smith and Chris Rock, but that, that Will Smith, he's obviously got a hair trigger. Yeah, there you go. Good one, good one. But anyway, we'll we'll move on from that. I'm sure you've heard enough about that over the last week, but oh, it was great, though. Great TV. Anyway, the one time I actually wished I'd watched the Oscars live. I mean, not that you can't freely access the clip, but anyway. You know, there's a thing whereby everyone who I know is in one very stringent camp or another, either comedians, they could say whatever they like, it's fine, or he, um, he slapped him. He's rock- like, yeah, everyone's just so stringent. So I made that joke about, like, hair trigger, but no, on yeah. Facebook, thinking it's a pun. Who's going to possibly weigh everyone weighed in? Everyone yeah. weighed in. Made it seriously political. I'm going, it's a pun. It's just a fucking no, pun. They, I don't they... even mention Jada Pinkett Smith. It's not against her. It's about his trigger at her hair. It's yeah. like I thought yeah, it was a I perfect pun to not bend anyone. No, I thought it was fine. I didn't. What annoys me is that they're making out that it's the worst thing the Oscars has ever done. Oh, no, and there's it, been... And, it, and it's not even in the top ten. I'm going to say, didn't John Wayne try and chin someone or something? One of them. And Clint Eastwood. There's, yeah, there's been all yeah, sorts. Yeah, they tried to, they tried to uh, chin a Native American for saying yeah. that they should be tre- uh, more fairly and equally. Yeah. <laughs> and Clint Jesus. Eastwood and John Wayne wanted to chin them. <laughs> yeah, there's been all sorts of stuff. I mean... I love the fact this Bruce... Uh, sorry, um, John Wayne and uh, Clint Eastwood. And the first thing they go is like, right, we're going to go at them with our chins. <laughs> like, that's their first thought. <laughs> Let, let's get the Indian... Yeah, we've gone a bit too method, boys, you know, just because you play cowboys all the time, you know. Anyway, um, yes, yeah, sorry, I, I had sidetracked us there by talking about that. Um, yes, yeah, so Seven and Raffi, all that's loads of great fun. Rios, we've talked about a little bit, but he gets some good scenes in the, in the lockup and everything, and... I like the bit where he decides to tell him the truth, which obviously <laughs> doesn't go down that well. And again, another little Easter egg where he talks about, like, explain strange new worlds and yes. new civilizations. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm on again, an ongoing they, mission. <laughs> yeah, they put these in so perfectly that it works with the dialogue, but it's also a cheeky wink. Like, obviously, both, the, the closest to fourth wall breaking is Q. 
but it just works perfectly. Yeah, it does. It's really, really good fun. Um, just a couple of other Easter eggs that we've sort of skirted over. Like in the scenes with Picard and Guinan, there's a poster for a boxing match in the background and it's the same yeah. boxing match from City on the Edge of Forever. And there's a barbershop, I think, in the background and it's the same barbershop, which obviously, okay, it was in the 30s, they're not still going to be there, but yeah. you know what? It's, it's a just, nice Easter it's, egg. It's just, it's just done for Easter eggs, isn't it? It's like yeah. the poster is... Um, the boxing matches, um, oh, it's in New York. Yeah, and it's like, why would uh, in in San Francisco in the twenty in twenty twenty four would it be advertising a boxing match for nineteen retro thirties? I've, I've got it. I've got it. It's because Guinan, again, time sensitive. She knew there was a time anomaly from that time, so <clears> she put up those posters from that bar where the time anomaly yeah. happened. And Lorian, that's why. Yeah, go on. We'll have that. Oh, yeah, um, I'm with that. They're just and nice little Easter eggs, though, that yeah. they put in the scenery. Well, it's also that, but I like I like a good bullshit headcanon every now and again. Oh, yeah. They use that, they use that um, same poster in, was it, oh, the Voyager one where they come back? Yes, yeah, oh, yeah. Future's oh, End. Yeah, Future's End. Unless this is just, I, maybe it's it, like... It's, it's a Star Trek prop that they roll out every now and the, again. <laughs> the sun. There's no what they're doing. It's done deliberately. It's the Wilhelm scream of Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's the sons of the original boxers who've got the same names yeah. and they're fighting again and it just goes on and on and on. It's like Creed <laughs> 2. Um, and then, yeah, there's also a reference to Rios being moved to a sanctuary district, which yeah. is good because, I mean, it's not good if you get moved to a sanctuary district, but to have it actually acknowledged in dialogue that yeah we know that this is the same time as the ds9 episode there are sanctuary districts yeah don't worry we're, we're consistent with the canon that's been established nice just very very good going back to the 15 though uh rios is on bus 735 which if you add them up 15 yeah. Oh, yeah. See, like the, the, this is because I used to watch Lost back in the day, and you just spent all your time trying to work out where the bloody numbers were in everything. <laughs> yeah, and in bloody Lost, it never in, paid off. I hope Picard no, does better. No, the numbers did pay off. The numbers. What no, were the, the numbers? whole series didn't. Though. No, the whole series didn't. But there was an explanation for the numbers. I just can't quite remember what it oh, was. Oh, it's a bunker now. where the numbers were there, and the oh no, that was yeah, yeah. The, you had. I to thought put, you have to say there was an explanation for why the series didn't pay off uh, no no that, that was just bad <laughs> writing um, no it was something to do with when Jacob wrote everybody's name down in a cave he numbered them all and their numbers were the ones that anyway, anyway that's lost for you um, yeah yeah uh, what else? What else? What else? I mean, we're moving rapidly towards the end. Now. I just want to call out another line that Guinan says, um, which is again very true, very pertinent. Where she says like something along the lines of, "You know, the the evil hasn't gone. It's just stopped wearing a hood and started wearing a suit." Which I thought yeah. were an extremely powerful line. And yeah. again, if you want to get upset about it. Prove us wrong. Prove that is not the case. If that's not the case, I would love to live in that world where that's not the case. So, if that if that's if that's true, great. Well, I think I think the people who are getting upset about it being in Star Trek, and we talked about this through the week, me and James, and it's basically it's horrible people who are actually having really don't like it put in front of them how horrible the things that they believe are. Yeah, I think so. People use the term snowflake, which I joked about earlier. They're the most snowflakey, yeah. pearl-watching wankers ever. Like, you know... Oh, yeah. You say about, like, uh, people being, um, yeah, being snowflakes, yet whenever there's any talk about um, rights for labour, whenever there's talks about kind of things, issues of race, anything like that, it's like, oh, no, we can't talk about that. We can't talk about that. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, how snowflake is that? Talk about the issues. If you really think that your viewpoint's right, you shouldn't be yeah. worried about being faked with the reality. Of no, what and you, bring. you should be able to back it up with facts and evidence, which the majority of these debates I see, you'll have a lot of facts and evidence from one side and then other people saying, oh, you've just got an agenda. Uh, see, this is the problem is the, the left 
are too good at tearing themselves apart. Like the left will point out anything they don't like, no matter how minute in someone's case, mm -hmm. even if it's on their side. The right will go, no, shut up, shut up. Any of those facts you're bringing up, we don't like, shut up. We're just going to ignore those. We're just going to go ahead with our thing. We like our thing. We want America yeah. to be white, so we won't. We have everything the fastest else. vaccine rollout in all of Europe. But that's not true. Except shut up, shut rest, up, not except him. Except for the rest of you. Yeah, except for the rest. <laughs> yeah. We have the <laughs> fastest growing economy in all of Europe. Yes, because our economy sank the lowest. So there's... We haven't actually. We've got the slowest growing economy yeah. in, of any developed country. Anyway, I think, you know, you know what? If we lose listeners after this one, I don't care. We need to talk about this stuff. Let's talk about The Watcher, though. Bit disappointed that it's not Giles or Wesley from Buffy, but <laughs> we'll, we'll get over that. Anthony Stewart Head would have been awesome. Um, so, yeah, we go through all this rigmarole. Picard thinks Guinan's the Watcher. Guinan's not the Watcher. They need to go see the Watcher. And we get the spooky little girl with the funny eyes and the spooky guy with the funny eyes. And we go through this thing of are you being followed? Blah, 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 blah. And then we get there and it's Laris, but Laris without pointy ears. And she takes him through a magic doorway, and that's... Through a, a Gary Seven magic doorway. Do you think it's a Gary Seven magic doorway? That is where we have seen that before. Yeah, that's it. this is what I wanted to talk about. That that seems my, to be the theory. My original pitch was going to be, before we saw who the Watcher was, maybe someone like Wesley or the guy who... Was he called the Watcher? The Traveller. the guy called? The Traveller. Yeah. Traveller Watcher, I think it would have been close enough that you could have got away with something like that. Sometimes we're called the Traveller, sometimes we're called the Watcher. Like, maybe something like that? Yeah, he could have. I think that would have been super fun. Like, you know, Will Wheaton, who wouldn't have loved that? Yeah, oh, Will Wheaton's got to come back into live action at some point. But this yeah. would have been a really natural... It, it was. He went off to Ascend, only coming back for his um, uh, old shipmate's wedding. Yeah, yeah briefly. Briefly. Um, yeah, see, I think the problem with that is... Because the Traveller's powers are so ill-defined and Wesley's, by extension, are so ill-defined, it's a bit too much of a get-out-of-jail-free card. Like, Wesley could pop in now and go, you know what, Picard, I can fix it all, boom, there you go. Yeah. And it, yeah but then so you I, put a limit on it. Like, we don't know what's yeah, going on. Yeah, you do. You go, yeah, I can't interfere Again, I'm jumping this. ahead a bit, but, like, you know, you've got uh, Q and what we find out with him. Mm. Same excuse for them. Like, their power's limited because of what's happening. Yeah, or you just have the classic Doctor Who, it's a fixed point in time, I can't do anything. Um, but, yeah, so, Elliot, yeah, Gary Seven, I mean... Yeah. That, you know what would be amazing? If... If Yaris turned out to be the cat. The cat. I think they would have to rename it, because wasn't the cat called Isis? So I, I think we'd have to rename the cat given real world events since that episode aired, but um, but she could certainly be the same species because it was a very ill-defined alien species that Gary Seven's working for. I don't know. We have we have a is it Rambo three Rambo Rambo four where we have a congratulations oh, to our brave uh, friends in the Taliban. Yeah, yeah, Rambo three. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> So they, had, just... they, they literally they literally killed off the dog in Downton Abbey because it was called Isis. Yeah, so I, I don't think she'll be called Isis, but it could be the same character, same species. Who knows? What I would love, though, is... It's if... my new cat, Sinn Féin. Not better! <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You can't do that. <laughs> my new cat, Antifa. No, I mean, we could do this all day. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. but... Oh, please, 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 please. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if it is... My new cat, free abortions. No, stop it! <laughs> well, could this be the payoff to the backdoor pilot? All well, that's what ago? I was just going to say. Like, How amazing would it be if we end up with an Assignment Earth TV show out of the back of this? Yeah. So New Trek will have taken The Cage, which never got a series made, but Strange New Worlds is pretty much The Cage, the series... Yeah, and if we end up with a Assignment Earth series as well, well done. Um, yeah, I'd be well happy if it if it turns out that that's what it is because I love where we take little bits of Star Trek lore that have popped up and then gone, 
and we do something interesting with them. And I would absolutely love that. Not to decry, um, there is some great books about Gary Seven uh, by Greg Cox mainly. They're fantastic. But if we're going to do a live action... I, I just think the way that this episode ended where how she opened the doorway and they vanished through it. Yeah. It was very think... much like the Gary Seven. And to leave it there without revealing it's the Gary Seven thing is very in with this season. Mm. I'd also throw in there because I really like the way it seems like, again, they've still got to land everything. So let's not be too... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it seems so far as if everything they laid into Picard Series 2 has fit perfectly. Yes. Yeah, and now seeing like... this, I actually see they've done it much better than Discovery did when they had the donut on the edge for forever, like when they had the uh, yeah, uh, seeing the edge forever yeah, yeah. kind of relic in there. Now that feels like watching that back again. It was it was fun still. I'm not poo pooing it. You don't have to knock something down to build something else up. However, it wasn't necessary for that episode. It didn't have to be that. Whereas everything in this mm. Seems to have to be what it is. Like it's it's so well layered in. Yeah, yes. it's the natural extension of what we've seen before of these and characters, these uh, ideas, anything. Whereas again, you know, uh, we just fancy throwing in the city on the edge of forever. Here. And a lot of this as well. Like you know, I'm not saying there were many benefits to the pandemic, but it does feel like the extra time they had to write this and redo the scripts and. It feels like we're getting a really cohesive season here. Um, yeah. Uh, right, so the, the final scene then, Q. So Q's reading the paper. He's trying to influence this lady not to do something. We don't know exactly what it is. We assume it's something to do with this lunar mission or whatever's going on. But he can't. His finger click doesn't oh, work. It's how smug he is sitting back going, it's like, Oh, no, you think you can do it, but you can't do it. Oh, that voice niggling in your head, it's getting louder, isn't it? You know you can't do it. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, it's so perfectly yeah. set up. What you don't see, though, is that he, when his click doesn't work, the camera pans around and Iron Man's actually nicked his power and, you know, he does it. <laughs> yeah. um, but I'm but, Q. I am I But am. that's worrying, isn't it, that what has happened with Q? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, that's worrying and most unfortunate. Yeah, and so is he saying it's most unfortunate because I can't prevent a disaster? Or is it most unfortunate because I can't cause a disaster? That's the... Is it maybe that he's done this test on Picard, <coughs> whatever it is, and he needs his powers just in case to put things right? Maybe so, Picard yeah. Fails. Did you I get it? He set, so, he set something in motion, and now suddenly... Shit, I can't actually stop it. Ah, maybe, yeah, yeah. I, I just know. love the idea that it's like, I don't know, I just, it's almost like they dialed up the full impish cue. Like, we were seeing full-on imp cue, enjoying what he does best, fucking with people. Yeah. And he's going, like, no, you're can. starting to doubt yourself. Now, oh, I'm about to click my fingers, aren't I? It's about to... Oh, now, I mean, what would be, yeah, what would be brilliant next episode is if, Q now has to search Picard out and go, look, I started this thing. I really need you to fix it now. And just yeah. the joy <laughs> I, Picard will I, I take. Can't, I can't fix it. I've messed up. I hope Picard does a um, Cisco on him oh. at that point. <laughs> no, uh, Cisco is now known as Will Smith. Yeah, so you hope Picard does uh, a does a Will Smith on. anyway. I no, that's not Picard. I think Picard more like enjoys. I think he will maybe just... the. I think this Picard actually, this is one where I would accept uh, growth of Picard being a good excuse for making a way he wouldn't have done mm. during Next Generation. I want him to fucking enjoy it. Oh, I After think he will. Years, after yeah, Picard's gone out of his own way of being po-faced, you. yeah, this is certainly a Picard who can enjoy them, himself. I would love yeah, to, if would, to have a really enjoyable moment. It's like, oh, 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 does the Mighty Q need me to help him out? Can you not just do this? Can you not? Can yeah, you not? I would love that. And what I'd love about it is I want Picard to really make Q grovel, but then at the end say, you know, you've known me for how many years? Did you honestly think I wouldn't fix your mistake? You yeah. know, just because then he yeah. gets the moral high ground as well. Yeah. Exactly, he's got to be... For me, he's got to be a dick throughout the scene, but at the end, he's got to, like you say, say, 
But yeah. of course, I would have done it anyway. Course, it's the right that, thing to do. That's I was I just having a bit of fun for once at your expense. You know? Yeah. Did you guys notice what centre it was that she was coming out of in the background? Yes, the uh, Roy Kirk. Yeah, the Jackson Roy Kirk centre, which if you go back to the TOS episode, The Changeling, Jackson Roy Kirk was the person who made the Changeling probe. Yeah, um, so yeah, mad. Again, I don't know if this is going to tie into the story or whether it's just a nice... I think, it's, I think it's meant to be the same person. Yeah. Like, I do wonder, again, are we going to somehow tie this back to this weird species that didn't like artificial intelligence that we saw in season one? Like, I would really like to retroactively give them a purpose for being in the Star Trek universe. And now that we're dealing potentially with AI by bringing up Jackson Riker, there is an opportunity to do that. And I'm I'm also equally happy if they just ignore it and forget about it, but it would be nice yeah, if they did the, something. I think it was a very disappointing season finale with them. In that the respect, yeah. Because it was the just... build up to what the were, to how it ended, to how the beat how the beat yeah. them so easy. The, this... And it was over so quick, it was sort of like there's such a threat to the galaxy that the Romulans have developed practically a religion built around defeating them, and then they just go away. It's over in a couple of minutes. There's also a, a Jackson Roy Kirk uh, STD clinic uh, because even back then the Kirks <laughs> were arch bushmen. Like they, they are. Well, they screwed their way around Earth before they were screwing their way around the galaxy. Yeah, that would not surprise me whatsoever. Um, so yeah, I mean. Lots of questions thrown up, but like you said, I think these four episodes have earned our confidence that we're going to get answers yeah. to these questions. It doesn't uh, feel like season one where we're just adding more and more and more questions to the list and being like, eh, hopefully we'll no, get see, that. This feels this... like it's moving. Elliot, can I also ask, because uh, you brought up last week, would this be, would this Q appearance be the amount of episodes that uh, IMDb was saying that he'd be in? No, it They said six. Two more. How many? Uh, two more. They said okay. six in total. That's got to be bullshit. We'll have it's to check if that's bullshit. been updated. Yeah. Because um, he's already in fact, said. I'm quite sure about He was in interviews at times. He said he was in, in six. He six. said he was in season three. Yeah, that is in six episodes altogether over the two seasons. Unless he was talking about, like, filming blocks, because they tend to film two in each block. So if he was in six filming blocks, that would equate to 12 12. episodes. And for anyone who's not on the video feed... Dr. Squeeze just brought a dog, so there we go, that's it. It's, it's Ensign Benny. Ensign Benny, so, Ensign Benny. yeah, sorry, we, you've lost me now that we've got a dog. <laughs> and Anyway, I think we're about done with this episode, aren't we? Um, yeah, we another really fun episode. Yeah, really good. And It's another one that went, went by really quickly watching yeah. it, which is always, you know that you've got really good quality TV. When you don't, when you don't feel it's dragging. Yeah, the, I'm getting at the minute. The sort of a sense of dread keeps in when you're like, oh, I feel like we're we're nearly at the forty minute mark. This is going to finish, and I don't want it to. I want more of it this week. So, and and also like I I rarely just just time wise I don't usually get around to it, but I rewatched this episode today, and given that it's a chunk of a wider story. Still held up insanely mm. well as just 15 yeah. minutes for an hour of great TV. It just, yeah. it's yeah, so that, fun. That's what's really clever about this season. You can enjoy watching the individual episodes. And we've said, like, Discovery's done four seasons. And I doubt if there's a handful of episodes there's after four few. seasons, you could go back and enjoy just watching them on their own. Do you know what? I'd actually just put an argument out for like uh, the last season, not the one which just finished, the one before when they went to the future. There, there's some really enjoyable. There was some. I think the way it tends to there are a few. There are a few. The way it tends to work with Discovery is the first half of the season you get some that are like that, but once it goes full on serialized for the end of the season, not so much. But anyway. Right then, well, we'll leave it there for this week. We'll be back to talk more Picard next week as we reach the halfway point of the series. 
And um, if you want to get in touch with us, we're on Twitter at RetrekPod, email RetrekPod at gmail.com. Come and join us on the Facebook group. This will be available as a podcast, also as a video on our YouTube channel. Elliot's got his Retrek Model Studios channel there, where he's still working on Voyager, got some Star Wars stuff going on as well, all sorts of things going on I've, on there. Yeah, I've got a few. I've got about four projects on the go at the moment. <laughs> and Dr. Squee, remind us where we can find the Dr. Squee show. Well, you can get it from your favourite podcatcher. I am actually starting to catch up with the podcast after a little bit of a hiatus. And also sw20radio.co.uk or on the app. And uh, I'm live every uh, Thursday at 6pm. And uh, tomorrow at 6pm on the video version, which if you follow the social media for Dr. Squee, I'm going to be interviewing uh, the oh, someone from um, Allergies UK who's talking about the increase of polar, uh, people suffering with um, oh. hay fever. Right. Doing climate change. Ask, it, ask them what I can do, because I've had enough of it this year already. What what do I need? Honestly, it's one I would never have looked out, but they contacted the station and they forwarded on the email going, well, here's our resident interviewer. I think it could be a really interesting chat. I, I love doing counseling. Absolutely, no, people. yes. Whatever, I'll be watching that. Whatever remedies are available, I will try them. So I've tried every spray, every tablet, everything going. Um, so that'll be fascinating. Um, yes, so do check that out. Uh, but thanks for trekking with us this time, and we'll see you next time on the retrek. Hello, Bye.